0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to our Mike Super Short Show. Just kidding. This is Christine and Sierra's Fingers Crossed podcast. And if you got confused for a minute and had that nice throwback to Disney Channel, like circa the mid two thousands, it was a really good time. Do you remember Mike? And super short if show? you
1: are not confused at all, because Sierra's definitely used that joke before, welcome back.
0: Glad I have not used us Mike Super weekend. Short. Super Short. I can't even say it. God, say that sorry. five times fast. I guarantee
1: you. Mike
2: Super Short. Okay, show. I, I have do. to
1: say. I feel a little um, cocky when we get in arguments about what we have or have not said on the podcast before, because I have had people back me up in our DMs before that I have said things that I've claimed to have said. Okay, yeah, the spaghetti on the wall thing. Yes,
0: I know. And someone did back Christy up on the spaghetti at the wall thing and said that she indeed has said... That she throws not just things at the wall, but spaghetti. So, all right, she got Explicitly validated on that out, one. Yes, but anyway, anyway if you're welcome new, back welcome to the to show. Fingers
1: crossed. Oh, and both we're covering both the bases at the same time. Yes, we are very excited to have another episode with you guys this week this one actually got a lot deeper than I thought it was going to I yeah, mean same. I don't know how I thought it wouldn't I guess but when we thought about the topic we thought about it in a certain way but once we learned more about it and started talking about it more um, we definitely
0: dove it so you guys yeah. are in for a treat I
1: would say with and this you- one
0: didn't read the title of this episode that's okay but we we're talking about attachment styles and you guys know that we love personality quizzes on this podcast um you guys love them we love them everything from myers-briggs to enneagrams to love languages to the silly buzzfeed quiz that told us when we we're getting married based on what kind of cheese we eat um, oh yeah mine's still in my calendar i think it's
1: june 2025
0: something Before like that. your countdown <laughs> begins we're doing another one today and we're really excited but like christy said it's uh It's a serious conversation, but it's not like, I mean, not always bad because serious can be good. You know what I mean? Like serious can help you understand yourself in the way that we love to do. So um, it's a really good one. And I enjoyed, even though it had difficult moments, I really enjoyed the conversation. So um, get excited. But before we dive into that, let's do some little life updates as we love to do. Um, I was going through my calendar because I was trying to – I feel like when you get into a groove with life, you're kind of just like, what even happened this week? Like, what's even new? Um, So I told you You know what it is?
1: There's something in the brain where when you stop experiencing, like, new things, novelty, time flies by way faster. So that's why, like, when you get older – It feels like life goes so fast because you're not doing as many new things. So I feel like when you get in a groove, especially with your routine and your job and, you know, hanging out with your friends on the weekends and stuff and not too much is like jolting that. It just feels Mm -hmm. like it goes so fast and suddenly you're like, oh, my God, it's already been a week and I don't have any updates. So I feel you.
0: One small thing I try to do is I always try to take a new route home from work every day. Just to slows it. down
1: sierra's life racing at
0: her <laughs> no i just get so bored seeing the same stupid traffic every day so i i try to uh take like new side streets or new avenues because i don't even take the freeway just because of where i work um so i just try to take new streets every day so that's like a small little thing but anyway that aside i told you guys last week about my self-defense class right and how i like flipped the guy and all that and when mm-hmm. and remember I was, we were talking about that so i had two more classes this week um and I'm really enjoying it. We I got to learn some different wrist breaks. So like if somebody oh, grabs your wrist, not break as in break your wrist, it means like breaking away. Oh. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like they call it wrist breaks because it's like if someone grabs your wrist or grabs both your wrists in like a vice grip, how you can like get your twist, your arms, elbows, get out of it kind of a thing. And I found that super, super useful because yeah, we've done the things where you get all the way to, you know, you're pinned on the ground, but like there's a lot that can happen before that ideally that you can then find a way to get out of that's a much you know s- smaller right. step for example like someone grabbing your wrist in a parking lot um so we worked on that and that was really awesome um i actually took a video of me and the instructor doing it so maybe i'll post it on our stories so you guys can learn you those absolutely which would be cool should yes
1: i think that at the end of your course we should do a, an ig live where you share and demonstrate some demonstrate of your favorite the- tactics. i mean
0: it would be the perfect the demographic knowledge. for it because like 98% of our listener base are young women who need to learn these things. So I'm trying to think of anything else that's new. Oh, this weekend is Jason and I's three year anniversary. Yay. So that's exciting. Hi. So Cute we are applause. doing a little one night mini vacay. We're going to go down to downtown and like stay in a high rise hotel and go to like a fancy wear steak dinner. <laughs> yeah, wear robes. When I was trying to look up a place to pick. I made sure that it was a place that had complimentary robes because I will not like to take home complimentary, but like, you know, they're in. The yeah, suite. while you're there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, scary. maybe,
0: maybe late. they're complimentary if they go missing. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> if you want to feign luxury or really have luxury, then
1: exactly. Put on a hotel robe. It'll oh, yeah.
0: Robes and champagne oh. is like you're Im- Im- immediately a million bucks. Um, a million other than that. Into- I really, other than me taking new routes home, learning wrist breaks, and going to a high-rise hotel, that's pretty much my week. So, yeah, nothing. Amazing. well, that's it for me. How about you, Christy? Passing the baton.
1: Um, I had a great week so far. I guess it's not over yet because we're recording this in the middle of the day Friday and I am quickly turning around and taking off one hat and putting on another. I just got off of work. I had a half day and we had this like really important event and it went really well and I'm feeling accomplished in my second week. I kind of have still things on my to do list where it's like, you know, when you're closing work for the day, but there's still like tasks that are kind of weighing on you and you're like, Mm -hmm. I need to clock out, but also I need to finish this. And it's like "Ah, that feeling. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But, you know,
1: we're trying to get our brains out of that mindset because we could always do that to ourselves. But now it's the weekend and I'm going, I need to leave in like, that's not going to happen. I just changed quickly. I need to leave in like 10 minutes, but I haven't eaten anything. So I need to eat. And then I'm going to a music festival today in new york it's called gov ball so we are going to city field i think it might be where the mets play but i might just be making myself look like an idiot because i truly don't know anything about new york sports the other week i my friends uh, lauren and kyle were visiting and we got lunch in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and we see this guy walk by i don't know if i talked about this on the podcast it might have just been in my vlog but kyle goes i'm pretty sure i was spike lee and i was like oh, really? Like, I thought that he lived in Brooklyn, but I don't know if he lives in my neighborhood. And we look and we're like, well, that that could be him. And Kyle was saying that he's a huge Knicks fan and he was wearing a Knicks hat and that's how he like first thought about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, like the stadium's literally right there. Like I live next to Barclays Center where the Knicks play. And then afterwards I learned that is not where the Knicks play that's where the Nets play so I just don't Uh, know anything about
0: two different teams
1: (laughs) yeah but Spike Lee apparently was in my neighborhood because we saw we walked past he had like a theater showcase thing like on that street so anyway that's I know but I don't know if he lives in the neighborhood or what maybe he's I don't know if people can also be Knicks and Nets fans right
0: sure why not also Spike Spike Lee if you're listening to this uh yeah please let us us. us. yeah (laughs) confirm for us if uh if you were there Anyway, I don't know how I
1: got on that tangent, but yeah, I don't know anything about sports teams, but I'm going to a stadium where some sports team usually plays, and there's going to be a music festival there today, and I'm really excited to see Leon Bridges, who literally starts in like an hour and a half, so I have to get on the train. I've never been there before. I'll be probably navigating and messing everything up and trying to meet my friends in the process and it'll be a great adventure but um yeah life is a little bit of a whirlwind but i'm getting a facial for the first time tomorrow so i'm looking oh forward how to that. fun
0: i love facials
1: i have a lot of credits on class pass and they have facials on class pass and i was like "Yo, i gotta take advantage of this i think i might get a pedicure on there too because like i could use it and I have have the credits like I might as well I have a code for referral if anyone wants to use it I know you send
0: it to me I still want to do it I haven't done it yet because I honestly forgot till right now but I want to do it good reminder I I think it sounds like anyone out
1: there wants to yeah it's really fun it's like a good way to get cheaper beauty treatments and workout classes and just so many things so Highly recommend. Um, it's going to be a beautiful weekend in New York. It feels like fall. That's a major life update. It's now fall on Wednesday. It was the first day and I'm freaking pumped about it. I went to Target and got my basic ass candles and fall leaf shit and I'm just happy. So Nice.
0: Good. Complain, yeah. I haven't done any decorating yet because it does not feel like fall here because we hit 98 degrees yesterday. Okay. Well, if you wait until it so... feels like fall, you'll
1: be decorating for fall in the Christmas season. I know. So you might as well just pretend.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. But I just didn't feel like it cr- quite yet so i was like you know what maybe this weekend or starting for next week i'll go to trader joe's like get the pumpkins get the little cinnamon brooms and all those silly little things that make me happy so um it's definitely on my agenda i also have to i have some fall decor in my like storage unit including like a happy fall sign and a little stuffed turkey yeah, i feel like it's good to reuse things like oh i do fall I have- is always the same so I might as my well. <laughs> welcome fall sign has i've had it for like five years and my stuffed turkey i've had for three so you know
1: <laughs> turkey, love him anyway yes welcome to fall everyone very pumped about it we have some exciting episodes in the works like fall related halloween related um Spooky. i'm just looking forward to my favorite time of year so let's freaking do it but anyway hope you guys are having a great week we're gonna get into the episode without further ado and talk all about attachment styles dun dun dun,
0: dun, dun i don't know why dun. it's dun dun dun
1: i guess it's just like Yeah, we're switching gears—heavy, serious, but also informative and interesting. Hopefully.
0: Yep, we hope so. That's always the goal. (laughs) Take it away, Penny.
1: Today, on Fingers Crossed, we're getting into something that actually could be pretty deep of a conversation. We are talking about attachment styles, and if you haven't heard, this is a psychological—I don't want to say phenomenon, but like personality. But it's also not. I feel like it's not personality because it's like shaped by your experiences in your childhood. Yes, it's
0: definitely. Um, nurture instead of nature versus a lot of times personality is argued to be a nature kind of a thing
1: right and it definitely explains a lot about yourself or your relationships or like your own patterns in relation to other people So much that I didn't even realize when I was like first learning about it. Things that I didn't realize were a part of your attachment style. So we're going to get into a little bit of background and kind of explaining if you haven't heard of attachment styles before. There's a little variety in how they're described and how they're explained academically. Um, I read a book called Attached by Amir Levine. And he focuses on three attachment styles, but in some like quizzes and things you can take, we're gonna try and hopefully link a quiz on our Instagram before this. So you guys Mm -hmm. can take it if you want, if you haven't heard of it, Um, but there's other variations too. So we're gonna get into those and kind of like the nuances between them, what they mean, how they manifest in your lives now, maybe patterns you've discovered in yourself that you didn't realize were associated with this and how you can like learn from this and maybe, you know, improve yourself or also just like be conscious of patterns that you fall into in your own relationships and such going forward.
0: I think one of the biggest things about attachment and I wasn't a big... I wasn't super aware of this until actually Christy brought it up to me a while back because we were planning out different episodes and we you guys know we love doing personality types like Myers-Briggs and love languages and uh any zodiac, and even. zodiac. Yeah. I mean we love just like looking at ourselves and trying to understand why we are the way we are and this is one of those ones that it kind of if you ever think about like in therapy sessions or when people talk about things like oh yeah like you know, the way you were raised explains why you have these certain behaviors. And when you talk about like cyclical patterns of like why certain people that grow up with certain experiences then repeat those in with their children or things like that, a lot of those can not fully be explained, but you can start to unpack it with the attachment, attachment styles, understanding it and quiz and i actually took it this morning i took three different quizzes and it's interesting unlike myers-briggs where it's like it's the same quiz in a bunch of different places with the same questions um this one had different questions and, and each quiz was different so i took the first one and i was like uh eh. okay this gave me one answer but it didn't feel like it was fully comprehensive then i took a second one which gave me a different answer and i didn't really like that but then the third one i oh. took which is the one that's actually from the legit website that i learned the um the attachment project. Um, that one is the one that i think gave the most full comprehensive picture and gave me the result that i was like okay that one i really i Does think the was result
1: out. did either of them like have one in common or were they all yes, three different yes one in one in three one and were three. the same okay.
0: two was different and i didn't when i read the description of two i didn't agree with it and i was like i don't think ah, this is correct but when i read one in three i was like this seems more on brand for me um, yeah but it's
1: also interesting too because it's like because it is something from childhood. Obviously, we're not experts on this. We want to make this clear. Like we're not yeah. trying to come at this as a like psychological analysis of attachment because we are not the people to go to for that. We just wanted to talk about kind of more broadly the different styles. If you haven't heard of it before, then maybe you can like do your own research on it and read about it from professionals if you want. And we're hoping to also like maybe touch back later with an episode with a guest who is more of an expert or therapist or something that can mm-hmm. speak on it more because there is deep It can dig up like deep psychological or, you know, childhood traumas. And we're not Mm -hmm. trying to make this a super deep dive into it. We kind of just wanted to give a broad overview, talk about our own styles, what we've learned about ourselves from it and how it could maybe help you in your relationships in your 20s and beyond. So um, that's what this episode is going to be, kind of on the lighter side of attachment. But again, like there's a lot of layers to it. Anyway, what I was saying is I feel like the quizzes can be so different because unlike personality tests like myers-briggs you're not analyzing your behaviors or like your preferences or your motivations it's more so like some of the questions could be you know how your childhood affected you and how your parents did x y and z Mm -hmm. but then also some of the questions in another quiz could be like when you're in a relationship what do you like your partner to do because these things are related but you might going into the quiz think of those things differently and it might be harder to like get the same result if you think that your childhood things aren't related to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you might look at your own relationships with your parents and you're significant others like very differently. So you might have a different mindset when you
0: take those. And so, yeah, not see a connection. It's it's something that one of the quizzes said that in the description after I got my results that was interesting as it said have you always wondered why you keep repeating the certain patterns in relationship or why you always seek out the same kind of friends or why you're always like chasing the same kind of guy or girl or person why are Mm -hmm. you always you know why do you keep making the same or in some cases mistakes when you like know that you're maybe choosing the wrong kind of person but you're still drawn to that type of person anywhere you're drawn to a certain type Of comfort. You're drawn to a certain type of reassurance or you're Mm -hmm. drawn or you're pushed away by certain types of people. Some types of people just really overwhelm you and you keep noticing these patterns that that's a big thing that attachment styles wants to help you understand in yourself is that those draws to certain types of people and and things oftentimes come from your childhood in a way that's not your fault at all. Like it's things that come from literally things that you had no control over based on your circumstances and that once you're able and again i am not an expert we are not but this is literally based on me taking three quizzes this morning and just what it brought up for me it just kind of explained a lot that nothing in your adult life is random you know that that, the things aren't just like you don't just happen to you know form these patterns of certain types of people you pursue or these certain types of anxieties you have they're there because of something and that once you're able to kind of understand that, it, it can – if it, it's been a difficult time, it can open up healing for you or it can just open up a conversation. Right. Definitely. So, um, so
1: we're going to get into some of the descriptions of them before we talk about our own. Like I said, it'll kind of surprise you because there will be things where you're like, wait, that's not just like a part of my quirky personality. Like that mm-hmm. actually has, you know, scientific explanation and like a tie to my childhood and things that you just didn't make the connection of so again do your own research um definitely i feel like so many people when we post about this on our instagram we got some dms that were like once i took this quiz it really made me realize how much i need to go to therapy mm. <laughs> and like i feel yeah. that too like i was like i should probably talk to someone about this because like some things are not adding up but um yeah it's just so it's, it's kind of like I don't want to say it could be triggering, I guess, for some yeah. people, especially if you do have some like deep traumas that have affected you. It might dig up some things that might not be comfortable. Oh, I was going to say that it's about comfort Um, and how you were talking about, you know, why you go back to these patterns and why you keep seeking this out. It's because I was actually reading this in a book, a different book Um this book that i talk about every freaking week i need to like buy everyone a 1001
0: of essays it'll change the way you think yes exactly
1: brianna Weist, she makes a point in actually it was another book that she wrote but it's called the mountain is you it's about like self-sabotage but she touches on it, i think in both books is about like your body your brain is not wired to seek happiness you're wired to seek comfort and when you your entire mm. childhood like learned relationships a certain way or we're seeking validation from your parents a certain way like you unconsciously in your adulthood you're trying to seek comfort and that's comfortable to you because that's what you know and mm-hmm. it might be completely you know unwittingly to you but that's why you have these patterns is because you know you're used to seeking like a homeostasis homeostasis sure. is that the word of comfort in what you think is comfortable as a child and even though you might think that you know better like logically, as an adult, there might be things underlying that you don't realize you're falling into because you're seeking comfort and not true happiness. So, anyway, again, this is, I don't want to come off as like preachy and I'm not an expert. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record saying that, um, but we do just kind of want to like bring this to you guys and read some like basic articles so you can learn more about it if you want to Um, because i do think that there's so much value here and you can learn so much more in this and have things explained to you i think than a lot of personality tests because this really relates back to like why you are the way you are and like digging at it in a way that could help you, you know, be conscious of it and shape who you want to be in the future. It
0: kind of feels like almost like the basics, like this feels like like outside of other personality types, this feels like almost the fundamentals, like the foundation of self awareness. Mm -hmm. And that's why it hurts to look at it, because I think the foundation of self awareness often comes from our childhood and comes from the things that have shaped us. And one has to be willing or at least open to exploring that foundation in order to build things on top of it and I think it really does help you understand not only yourself but this was the next point I wanted to get to I sort of read breakdowns of the four different attachment types and in the quiz that I took it actually assigned attachment assigned attachment types to my parents based on how I answered on this quiz or like like things that like they had you know personality traits based on certain um attachments and I also was able to look at like um looking at this chart of different attachment types for my um for jason or for my partner and like looking at things that are from even just other people in my life my friends and as i was reading it i was like this is really interesting i feel like i am learning like i can almost assign or i mean i can't i can't necessarily fully assign but i can notice and understand patterns in yeah your patterns and or other traits people. in my friends parents partners loved ones and all that and uh understand sort of like maybe where they came from or maybe mm-hmm. like actions I've noticed in them that I've always not really understood or I've felt hurt by that they came from these other places and it's sort of just like again it's kind it of freeing back- in a way it is and it goes back to the love languages of like you know those times when you've gotten in those ridiculous fights with someone when you both actually wanted the same thing you just were coming at it from completely different ways that like with these attachment styles that can also come into play of two people who are chasing the same thing which is you know comfort happiness whatever but they're going about it by completely different ways which can actually be in complete like combat with each other right so totally i just think it's one of those things that like for understanding yourself your relationships your your family your friends like it just it can only help but it's not But it might hurt along the way. It might. Like for me, I will say like this morning I had a couple of like reactions just because when I didn't know it had anything to do with like certain childhood things or whatever. So I had a couple like reactions as I like personally as I was reading the quiz. Um, Nothing that I couldn't handle, but it definitely brought up some stuff. So I would just say go into this with that perspective that like that could happen. Yeah, definitely.
1: And um, one of the things that I wanted to say about it is I feel like it is different in personality than personality tests in the way that kind of like I feel like a lot of people who are resistant to personality tests are like oh I don't even care like I don't want to know what my Myers-Briggs is blah 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 like they don't want to be put in a box but I feel like with this it's so much more than that because it's not only it's not just putting you in a box it's just helping you to understand patterns and that nothing in who you are is from a vacuum you know it's like you said like you don't just have a lightning from zeus that like gave you this you know avoidant whatever like there's reasons for things and like it can be helpful in wanting to you know change things for yourself in the future and you're not destined into this one path of always seeking these one type of people or thinking that you're not you know, worthy of this other type of love or whatever it is. Like There's ways that you can mitigate those things and it might be hard, but it might be really worth it too. So that's what we want to help you guys with is just yeah. like the basics of understanding this on your own today. So with that, we're going to use that website actually, Sierra brought up attachmentproject.com. So we're going to go through the basics of what the attachment styles are, what it means, and then get into a little bit of what we learned about ourselves
0: <laughs> that was a painful awakening um, for our Perfect. attachment styles so according to attachmentproject.com and as i said i took three quizzes this was the third one i took was from attachment project and i thought it was the most comprehensive there are four adult attachment styles anxious also referred to as preoccupied avoidant also referred to as dismissive disorganized also referred to as the fearful avoidant and secure so there are four different types and of course there are going to be you know different variations with between them but those are the different four and it says that um, these attachment styles develop in early childhood because the behavior of one's primary caregivers which are usually one's parents contribute to the contribute to and form the way a child perceives close relationships. The child is dependent on his or her caregivers and seeks comfort, soothing, and support from them. If the child's physical and emotional needs are fully satisfied, he or she becomes securely attached. Um, but some kind of misattunement from care- caregivers on the sides of either parent or both is likely to lead to insecure attachment or avoidant attachment or disorganized attachment in the different forms. Um So shall we read a little bit about the different types, Christy? Yeah. So the first one,
1: and also I want to say when I was reading the book attached by Amir Levine, um, in the book they say that 50% of people are secure and 25% are inked. Yeah. Me and my friends did a book club on this and we were all like, where did they get this information? What? Yeah. I'm just, I, I need to 50 look more 50%
0: of people were raised in perfectly happy, like, households. Well, doesn't it, it doesn't have to be a perfect household to be secure. <laughs> no, but, like, without any kind of, like major parental issue and i feel like that's just unrealistic especially (laughs) with
1: divorce rates and everything like whether or not your parents are you know in a healthy way expressing their divorce with you like that's gonna have some sort of attachment
0: ramifications i would assume well and also i I was just gonna say as an addendum to that like the whole like mental health conversation and talking about your feelings that's only really started coming about in the last couple generations like maybe Mm -hmm. so i i don't feel i feel like maybe this is the kind of thing where i hope is going to trend upward with more and more people being more open to therapy and talking about feelings and understanding but i feel like especially like several generations ago that just wasn't a thing
1: yeah but um according to this book so whether it's correct or not is still out but um it said 50% were secure and then i don't remember the exact figures but it was roughly like divided between avoidant and um anxious. So I think it was like 25% avoidant, 25% anxious, but in the book they only used those 3. They didn't use the like fearful avoidant type. Um well they kind the of touched on actually Well, no, now that I'm thinking about it, they used anxious avoidant as one, but it was a very, very small subset, they said. So they didn't even use it as like a broad category, because I remember when we were talking about it, one of my friends said that she thought that she was that, but they didn't really elaborate on it much. So Mm -hmm. maybe that is what the fearful avoidant is, but we'll get into that. So to read the descriptions, just to give you guys a little overview, I feel like also that most people I know that at least talk about attachment, a lot of people are anxious, I think. It's like mm-hmm. the most common in my very limited experience. And and we did a poll. So let me read the poll actually, and then we'll get into the, well, no, I should do the descriptions before we read the yeah, poll. Yeah, do the so descriptions, then the poll. Yeah. So anxious attachment, it says, for adults with anxious attachment style, the partner is often, quote, the better half. The thought of living without the partner or being alone in general causes high levels of anxiety. People with this type of attachment typically have negative self-image while having a positive view of others. The anxious adult seeks approval, support, and responsiveness from their partner, People with this attachment style value their relationships highly but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is not as invested in the relationship as they are. A strong fear of abandonment is present and safety is a priority. The attention, care, and responsiveness of the partner appears to be the, quote, remedy for anxiety. On the other hand, the absence of support and and intimacy can lead to the anxious or preoccupied type to be more clinging and demanding, preoccupied with the relationship and desperate for love. So I feel like when I hear that, that's like the stereotypically like girls that are like just clingy for relationships in like media and stuff they Mm would portray that kind of anxious attachment it's almost romanticized in a way um but i do i definitely think like i know a lot of people that are anxiously attached and i feel like that's probably more common than like what the
0: book said so i don't know but Um, Yeah. So that was the first first one. one. So the second type is the avoidant and dismissive. The dismissing slash avoidant type would often perceive themselves as lone wolves, strong, independent, self-sufficient, not necessarily in terms of physical contact, but rather on an emotional level. These people have high self-esteem and a positive view of themselves. The dismissing slash avoidant type tend to believe that they don't have to be in a relationship to feel complete. They do not want to depend on others, have others depend on them, or seek support or approval and social bonds. Adults with this attachment style generally avoid emotional closeness. They also tend to hide or suppress their feelings when faced with a potentially emotionally dense situation. And
1: then, so after that is the disorganized one, which is the fearful avoid. Oh yeah, it is fearful avoidant. So I think that's, oh no, is that the same thing as anxious avoidant? I don't know, I don't there's like so. a variation. Very- Terms so that might not be exactly what they were referring to in the book but here it's categorized as the disorganized type tends to show unstable and ambiguous behaviors in their social bonds for adults with this style of attachment the partner and the relationship themselves are often the source of both desire and fear fearful avoidant people do want intimacy and closeness but at the same time experience troubles trusting and depending on others they do not regulate their emotions well and avoid strong emotional attachment due to their fear of getting hurt
0: I was reading um in one of the articles that the fearful the fearful avoidant personality type the disorganized often comes from people who um have had some kind of fearful experience with their caretakers growing up and it can often you know create that sense of fear of relationships and it's 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 one of the least common personality or attachment types but it can often it, it comes most often from people who had some kind of fearful experience where they didn't feel protected by their caregivers so the fourth one is the secure attachment the three attachment styles covered so far are the insecure attachment styles and they are characterized by difficulties with cultivating and maintaining healthy relationships in contrast the secure attachment style implies that a person is comfortable expressing emotions openly Adults with a secure attachment style can depend on their partners and in turn let their partners rely on them. Relationships are based on honesty, tolerance, and emotional closeness. The secure attachment type thrive in their relationships, but also don't fear being on their own. They do not depend on the responsiveness or approval of their partners and tend to have a positive view of themselves and others.
1: And that is the four attachment styles. So after that, now we want to read the um, poll results from you guys because I definitely think... That this reflects more, in my experience at least, kind of the like distribution of them. But again, in the poll, we only did the three, but I feel like you would put fearful avoidant in the avoidant category in this circumstance. So, for the sake of that, um, well, actually, we did a poll first that was just if you had heard of it or not. Cause I was curious, like, how many people have heard of this? Cause I feel like it's maybe not, I wouldn't say common knowledge, but like, I think it's maybe rising in popularity or like becoming a little more um common in awareness um but i was surprised that the poll the majority of people had not heard of it before
0: so let me pull up the exact number i have it right here it said 35 percent had heard of it yes i do and 65 percent said what is that that's more what i i was definitely on the what is that i mean i learned about it from you christy yeah. um i definitely don't think it's as commonplace as people know like Myers briggs and stuff like that but i yeah. think it's almost if not more important
1: Yeah, I definitely think, I guess I would have thought it'd be more 50-50, but that's why I guess it's good that we're doing this episode because the majority of you guys have not heard of it. So anyway, after that, we did a poll that said, if you know yours, what is it? And the vast, vast majority of people responding to this poll, so listeners of the podcast, are the anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. So there was 116 people that said that they were anxious compared to 32 that said secure and 42 that said avoidant. So there wasn't even that many more avoidance than there were secure which is so interesting to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, that makes sense. I, I feel like most of my friends who I've, you know, kind of had conversations with about like, especially when it comes to like, you know, dating. Just hearing the relationship problems. Yeah, yeah, like, you honestly, get a sense. I feel like, yeah, when you can, under, almost if you talk to your friends about like the kinds of people they end up pursuing or lack, of, lack thereof or like certain you know trends in their romantic relationships and also their friendships too you can almost start to under like see what types people are and Mm -hmm. i feel like the vast majority of my friends from what i've learned are the anxious type um which is what i am we can get into more of that later um wait but how anxious are because
1: i i don't know from my perspective i feel like you're not super crazy anxious, though. Like, I could see how you would be the anxious type in some ways, but also you weren't... I don't feel like you're, like, obsessively, like, why is he not texting me back? I'm so worried I'm going to be alone.
0: I feel like you're more towards secure. But didn't I used to be? Don't you remember? Like... Yeah. I guess I think... I think, honestly, there's a big difference. That's true.
1: I think recently you've definitely... I mean, obviously, you're in a relationship now that's, like, healthy and secure. So, Chrissy
0: was just saying that uh, I... She was like, oh, yeah, you're not that anxious. But honestly, like looking at my relationship history and trajectory, I think right now I am the most secure I've ever been in the sense of like, and not just that I'm in a secure relationship, but like my relationship with my relationship is more secure than it's ever been. And I think there are a handful of factors that have really contributed to that Um, along with my own personal growth and development, the growth and development of some other relationships in my life that have been improving, um, that I think have really made a big difference in in how I look at certain things. Um, But I do think where I came from was very um, anxious attachment, always like more that like, why hasn't he texted me back? Oh, if I haven't, you know, if someone looks at me in in, in the wrong way, I assume they hate me, like always assuming that my friends were going to leave me always being clingy. Mm -hmm. I think that those are major things that I've dealt with for a really long time. Like, and it's something that I still will struggle with. Like I'll have episodes, for example, I actually was talking to my therapist about this a while back and I was telling her I had this episode in, in Party City. Um, and I didn't think it's funny where this is like Party City. Um oh my God. This but, reminds me of the Bed, Bath & Beyond breakdown. Oh, yeah. That that was different. <laughs> that was just that I was scared to go to college and I like lost my shit in a Bed, Bath & Beyond with my mom and dad. That was they'll remember that. Um, it was right before college. But no, this was I was in a Party City and I was pick I was organizing for my birthday party Um, where we went to Palm Springs and I was trying to pick out like. Paper plates, cups, like stuff in the right house. And I was in that party city for like two hours because I couldn't decide between like gold cups and silver cups. And I was at the point where I was like, do I make this a silver theme or a gold thing? Do I do pink and silver or pink and gold? Like, like I was obsessing about this way more than any normal person. And I was talking to my therapist about it and I was telling her and I was like, was like, I almost like, it was so stressful for me because I was so worried what other people were going to think. I was so worried that like my friends would think my decorations were stupid, that blah, 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 that I picked the wrong colors, that it didn't match the backdrop I bought. And she was like, well, why do you care so much? She was like, you know, why, why is this such a big deal to you? And And we essentially like tried to get it down to the, and we got to the boiling point eventually, which was that. I was afraid that if I chose the wrong color scheme, my friends would hate me and want to leave me and I would be abandoned. Mm -hmm. And that's why I spent two hours in Party City trying to figure out the colors of cups. Because, like, to me, that was so normal, like having this kind of major, like, like breakdown of like, why is this such a big deal to me? And I think that I have when I you know was reading the description of the, you know anxious type that like they're they're, they worry that they they care about their friends more than their friends care about them or Mm -hmm. that they you know give so much more than they're getting back or that like if a friend you know cancels plans one day it's because they secretly hate them and want nothing to do with them you know like those kind of thoughts would come up for me often and I think I'm in a better place with them now than I used to be but I still will get them from time to time and I have to sort of but now I feel like I have the tools to talk myself through it and be like, okay, this is a reaction. This is based on X, Y, and Z. This is not yeah, a Yeah, it's logical... like being able to understand
1: the patterns and why things yeah. are happening. Like, it's not... That doesn't happen in a vacuum kind of thing,
0: like I said. But... but I think earlier, like in college, as you knew with some of my 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 patterns of dating and patterns of behavior, that I think it was much more severe and without the emotional awareness tools to kind of break down what was going on. Yeah. So...
1: No, I definitely, I, I guess that makes sense because I was looking at it more now. But yeah, I think you have like grown so much since then Thank and like you. worked on yourself and like learned a lot since then
0: too. Um, but but yeah, it is I- interesting because the second quiz said I was secure. So it is kind of that combination. Because I feel like
1: if you're answering about your relationship now, you would have more secure tendencies. Like that Mm -hmm. would probably like it looks a little different. And also like you change too. Like you're not destined for this one type your whole life. And also something that was interesting, I thought, when I was talking about it with my friends at book club was it's not always – I mean, it's mostly, like, very much mostly your childhood, but also, like, other experiences you have throughout your life can have, yes. like, a trigger to flip your attachment style, too. Because I was talking about it when I was talking about it with my friends. That was the moment where I was like, okay, I really should talk to a therapist about this. But um, I'm definitely an avoided attachment, so, like, opposite of Sierra, where I just, like like, value my independence above everything else and, like, that whole thing of thinking – like, not that thinking that a relationship would like be a sign, not, I don't know. I just feel like I never want to be dependent on other people, essentially. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking about it with my friends, we were talking about the childhood aspect. And my friend, who was also avoidant, was saying, Oh, yeah, like my parents would drop me off for camp and I'd be like, see ya, p- peace out, sayonara, like I'm fine to be on my own. And I was looking back and I was like, when I was a kid, I was sobbing and screaming and demanding that my mom didn't leave. Like, mm-hmm. I was wanting her there. I was so, like, I would be the kid that would cry for the first three days of camp because my parents were gone. And mm-hmm. that's an anxious response. Mm-hmm. And so, looking back at it, I was like, I was definitely an anxious kid because. I feel like my parents and I, again, we don't want to make this, this is not a therapy session for us. Like we should work this out on our own and we want to make this like a public forum where it's useful for you guys. So I don't want to go too deep in like putting my parents on blast or anything, but I feel like my parents are probably very secure and like they brought me up very like emotionally available environment, like very there for me. And I'm very grateful for that. So looking back, I would like when I was young and a kid, I would like cling on to that and I wouldn't want to lose that. You know, like I was anxiously attached to them in that way. Um, but I feel like it was a secure upbringing, but I feel like I became avoidant later in life when I was like, very unhappy with myself and like, was terrified of rejection and people not wanting me so I would like put up that guard mm-hmm. of wanting to be, you know, I don't let them reject me I reject myself first like I don't even put myself in the situation where I could be hurt kind of thing so I feel like there's other aspects of your life that you can yeah. look at and pinpoint where there might have been a shift and it's not just your childhood necessarily even though that is mostly it and like you're not just going to be on one track and you can like take measures to be aware and mitigate these things that you fall into in your relationships but yeah I definitely think I'm like avoid it now and I've always seen those things not necessarily it's like, a positive, but I thought it was just my personality, you know? I'm, like, mm-hmm. fiercely independent, all this stuff, but really I think it's, like, blocks that I've put up for myself that I've made the narrative of who I am that aren't necessarily, you know, it's not my destiny to be just, like, independent always and it's not a weakness to be in a relationship kind of thing, but I I think I've made that for myself, like, something that I'm very reluctant to be vulnerable in kind of thing yeah so I think that like makes a lot of people in emotionally Yeah. yeah exactly um and so that's why I was like I should go to therapy because I'm really curious like more so digging into the shift of I was anxious as a kid kind of thing and like I was very attached to my parents and that whole thing but like I don't know like the exact moment, because that could help me a lot now in like being more healthy and getting to a secure place from being avoidant. That's why it's interesting to be able to have the tools, but also like, you know, with a professional, maybe break down these things because you won't necessarily even just reading a book, be able to solve all your own problems and everything. No, Um, I think
0: it's something where like you're opening the floodgates, being willing to talk, like again, it's the first step is being willing to acknowledge that something's going on and to like want to talk about it but that like working with a professional is like the best way to like you know kind of understand some of these things and you know it's definitely not easy like it's not comfortable like I've gotten like in my couple therapy sessions I've had it's not like a fun experience like it's not like getting a massage where you're like oh this is so relaxing and nice like you're in there and you're like this is uncomfortable I feel like I'm sitting on barbed wire and I hate this like emotional emotional barbed wire like on your butt (laughs) like it's just not fun but like you like having self so, like understanding like ignorance does not bliss like when it yeah. comes to yourself and because you're, you're just going to keep repeating patterns yeah, until you actually address it you're either going to keep being clingy and not understanding why or you're going to keep pushing people away and not understanding why you're going to keep being distrustful you're going to you know all of these things you mm-hmm. know um, something that I wanted to bring up based on what you just said that it's not just your childhood but also experiences I had some Uh, pretty bad experiences of like being excluded and bullying that I Mm -hmm. experienced, especially at a certain time in my life. And um, I think it made a massive impact on my future friendships, because I felt not wanted where I was like, oh, I'm like, I need to show my friends that I will go above and beyond for them and I will do everything on their birthday and I will give the shirt off my back and I will, like, do this and I will do that and, like, everything because I'm, like, I need to prove to them that I am this worthy friend. Yeah, And anxious,
1: it's, like, when you feel people pulling away, that's when you grab on closer and the opposite of what it would be, like you when you feel people like grabbing onto you like I am so bad as soon as people start to like show any signs of clinginess I immediately pull away so it's like the opposite effect you know it's a wonder we're still friends
0: (sighs) (laughs) yeah that's why we're so opposite oh well it's just it's really interesting because there have been I have been told and like there have been multiple times in my relationships where like I have turned people off for being too clingy and i it's not because i ever wanted to not give someone their space i just got so scared that like the minute somebody didn't that respond like they to weren't my text, into it anymore yeah that they they didn't like me anymore instead of being like oh they're probably busy i mean this literally happened to me at my new job with my coworkers when i first started like there would be this coworker that i would like laugh and joke with all day and then one day they were like kind of not really responding to my jokes a little bit like not super present like not, not reacting really, how you wanted them to. yeah not as chatty with me kind of like a little just more distant and you know what it like my first thought was like they hate me I've done something wrong I hate this job and I cried I cried all the way home because I was like I have like no one at my job likes me this is horrible mm. like I have no friends you should have called me oh you're so sweet no I, I but the thing is is that's not rational because literally I ended up bringing it up to that person like a week later like hey you know i noticed last thursday you seemed a little off like what's up and and he ended up being like yeah like i'm sorry like i had this personal thing i was going through with my mom and she was like you know she had this thing and i had to help yeah, her it with usually this. doesn't reflect on you no it had nothing to do with me it literally mm. had not a single thing to do with me but because of my attachment and my fear of being abandoned or like left behind or, or excluded, I assume that because somebody is not giving me exactly what I need to feel secure that they hate me, Mm -hmm. not being like, they literally are just going through their own shit and are not their, their responsibility is not to coddle me because of my own problems, you know, but that's what I was doing. And so it's been, it's an active challenge for me to be like, if someone is being you know a little less texty or you know not quite as engaging with me that it doesn't always mean that I've done something wrong it literally could be they're going through something or whatever. And that takes work like
1: this is going to take practice and practice and like it's not going to come naturally because you're you know essentially wired in a sense from your early experiences to react in a certain way so just because you're aware of your attachment style it's not going to fix all your problems but it is a good step to be like step back and question why you're reacting a certain way where it's coming from and like rationalize with yourself like okay this doesn't necessarily mean this just because I you know reacted that way so but it it, well, it I mean, it no, feels like helpful a to understand it though yeah it
0: does like it literally feels like a superpower to understand why I was like almost crying in party city over the color of cups like yeah. that's not a normal reaction like but I think me five years ago would have completely just not understood and come apart and then like not even thought about it and like distracted myself and like you know tried to push it under the rug somehow but being like no like why did you have this reaction like yeah. what, what are you so afraid of
1: and I think that's why it's so important with this is to like read those specific characteristics of your attachment style and things that you had no idea had to do with it in like understanding yourself. When I was reading that book, I felt so attacked in so many ways because like, here's an example of a small thing. I also saved a TikTok that was like things that you thought were your personality, but are actually your attachment style. And I want to play it for you guys. Oh yeah. Um, But just one of the things that I had no idea, like I never would have guessed. It was like one thing of an, an avoidant attachment style is that you over romanticize like past people in your past to make yourself like think that they were the one that got away that they were so great that they're actually perfect and that you know your lives will like come back together that kind of thing and it's a defense mechanism so you can avoid like being intimate with people in the present and I was like I do that so much yeah isn't that so interesting and I was like I literally do that so much like I I'm such the because I'm like a nostalgic person and I've always been like oh what if like Maybe this was the right blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize that was a way that I was, like, avoid, like, leaning on that as a crutch to avoid some sort of intimacy now. And oh. I just feel like, yeah, there's a whole list. Like, you could probably read some anxious ones that would make so much sense to you. Just, like, little things like that. Like, freaking out in Party City is your personal one. But there's so many, like, little I don't want to say ticks, but just like habits people fall into because of their attachment style that might explain so much about why you do certain things. So I want to read a few of them. I do want to read some of these that say like how you were as a child and how it manifests as an adult. So if you're having a hard time kind of like making that connection when you're listening to this, this might help paint a better picture. So this is from verywellmind.com. Okay, so this is like the secure one. So we talked a lot, not a lot, but we've talked about how we're each the insecure types Uh, broadly but the secure one it says as children the secure attachment separates from the parent seeks comfort from parents when frightened greets the return of parents with positive emotions and prefers parents to strangers as adults you have trusting and lasting relationships you tend to have good self-esteem you share your feelings with partners and friends and you seek out social support so that's like a secure person how it looks as a child and an adult and that's a thing too like looking back i was so attached to my mom like when i was younger because i would remember like going to parties with her i would like be on her shoulder when i was like really small and when like strangers would try and say hi to me i would like bury my face in her shoulder because i was like shy from them whereas now
0: i feel like i'm so opposite of that so it's just very interesting mm-hmm. like how it's changed for me so this is the one that says that as children as adults for the avoidant it says as children may avoid parents, do not seek much contact or comfort from parents, and show little or no preference for parents over strangers. As adults, they may have problems with intimacy, invest little emotion in social and romantic relationships, and unwilling or unable to share thoughts and feelings with others. I feel like I identify really well with the adult one, but right. the, as children, that, that like wasn't me at all. So... That's very interesting because it is something it's not random. Again, as we've said, it doesn't just happen. It's not Zeus. It's like something happened to turn the page and, and make your your chemicals start reacting that way, you know, so it's very curious to wonder kind of what shifted.
1: Yeah. um, Updates to come when I actually finally get a therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Signs of anxious attachment in children are crying that isn't easily consoled, becoming very upset when a caregiver leaves, clinging to their attachment figures, exploring less than children of a similar age, appearing generally anxious, not interacting with strangers, having problems regulating and controlling negative emotions, or displaying aggressive behavior and poor peer interactions. Interesting. Aggressive behavior. And then in adults, low self-worth, worries that your partners will abandon you, craving closeness and intimacy, being overly dependent on in relationships, requiring frequent reassurance that people care about you, being overly sensitive to a partner's actions and moods, and being highly emotional, impulsive, unpre- unpredictable, and moody. So again, like these are also going to manifest differently in different people. Just because you fit a style doesn't mean you're going
0: to fit 100% of the things, but yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like some of those I very much have. But like I, I I like it said in friendships and stuff, I have always, you know, had that anxiety about like, oh, that people don't like me as much as I like them, that I'm going to get excluded or left out at any minute that I, you know, those kind of things happen very frequently. But the, as far as like def- depending too heavily on like your partner, or your romantic partner, I feel like I don't do that. I feel like I try very much to also be independent at the same time. You know, and in relationships with my parents, I very much like tried to be really independent, but at the same time, I have this like innate clinginess to certain things. It's very interesting. I definitely, I mean, like, like we said, no one's just one type of thing. Like, you, you know,
2: it's a and combination to varying of degrees, things, yeah. you know. That's but- why
0: I said that I think that
1: you're more towards secure at least now because I don't think that you like overly obsess and depend in your relationships now or anything like you've never been the friend that's texted me like when you were dating more you were never the person that was like oh my god why isn't he texting me in five seconds blah 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 like I know people and maybe you were like that or thinking that but I know people who I feel like manifested that way more strongly yeah than you. like I think you have more confidence in relationships than maybe your friendships is how it goes oh maybe know. Because those are different. Because is, you did have, yeah. it's, the childhood thing might reflect on your relationships, but like you did have more traumatizing seems like a strong word, but you know, it had effects on you from friendships in your youth that might've created those tendencies in you that make you more anxious about them. I don't know.
0: I don't want to speak for you, but that could. No, I think different. that's absolutely true that I think currently where I am right now in my life, I have a lot more anxiety with friendships than I do with my romantic relationships. Yeah. And I think maybe it's because I, I went through, some struggles with some romantic relationships and like you know hookups and all that stuff from like you know my high school college years that like maybe I've kind of worked through it enough to kind of understand and like come to a place where I'm able to make more secure decisions and choose right. more secure partners because in my current relationship I feel extremely secure and I don't really I don't re- rarely rarely ever have any kind of insecurity at all
1: yeah, or, like, exactly.
0: or anxiety or like negative thoughts or worrying thoughts. But with when it comes to my friendships, I have to fight them a lot. Like, like in Party City, that was just a couple months ago. Yeah, for sure. But when it comes to, say, for example, choosing um, a birthday gift for my significant other, I don't have any kind of anxiety that, oh, if I choose the wrong thing, he's going to leave me. Yeah, I don't right, have that yeah. at all. It's more so that like I worry that if I don't do the right thing by my friends that I'm going to end up without friends. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense then, like, given the experiences
1: that you've shared. I think that does make so sense. So tell me you're not going to leave me. <laughs> oh, my God, dude, I would never leave you. I no know. one else likes me as much as you do, so. <laughs> Aw, friend. I'm too fucking annoying. <laughs> okay, um, let me play this. So this TikToker, <laughs> okay, this TikToker is Jeanette.xzito. So I'm going to play this one. I think it's, actually, I don't want to say it because she reveals it at the end, but you can guess based on what we've explained which attachment it is.
2: Your personality, but it's actually your touching style. One, you're extremely independent when you're not in a relationship, but once you start getting into a relationship, you lose focus of everything but them. Two, whenever you're sharing something personal, you feel the need to hold back because you don't want to look weak or you don't think they can handle it. If you feel like you really overshared, you push the other person away to protect yourself. Three, you crave authenticity and meaning in a lot of relationships, which usually leads to deep conversations early on in the relationship. We want to highlight that these are generally General
1: characteristics of a fearful style so if it sounds like you the, link in the so that, that one's fearful that. avoidant um was what she was saying
0: yeah that was interesting because I feel like it, it was kind of a combination of of multiple ones like exactly. the whole thing of like getting to Talking about emotional things early, but then at the same time, once you realize you overshare, you want to push that person away yes, because you're exactly. scared like that I mean it, it does it sounds chaotic and confusing, which I think is one of the characteristics of the fearful avoidance, so I mean, right. it makes sense. okay, here's another one. I don't know what this one is, so we'll see
2: that was your personality but it's actually your attachment style one you don't like being alone so you're constantly surrounding yourself with friends family co-workers or your relationship two you're a hopeless romantic and you usually find yourself fantasizing about what you wish your relationship was like and if you're in a relationship you might feel guilty for this and think your partner is doing the same thing so you project three you might find yourself people pleasing overgiving or compensating your needs because you don't want other people to abandon or reject you i do want to highlight these are general characteristics
1: characteristics of an anxious preoccupied
0: so if they sound like you yeah literally my ass in party city worrying that my friends are gonna leave me if I choose the wrong cups
1: yeah but that I feel like that's reassuring because it just tells you like you're not crazy you know like there's a reason you know yeah so anyway it's just interesting I think the most not surprising but just I think what I took away from this the most is just reading those characteristics and understanding where they come from And like having some sort of rationale behind like, you know, why I do certain things or like those little things that I never thought would be not necessarily a negative thing, but just like something that I do, you know, Mm -hmm. like romanticizing, you know, guys from the past or like putting different narratives on it to avoid things in the present, I think is something that I do. And like, that's why I'd I'd encourage you guys to read more and like maybe read the book if you're interested. The book actually um, has a lot of more concrete examples honestly too many for my liking because I'm more of a abstract thinker so I like just like reading about the concepts but if you like the more examples it'll give a lot of like Lisa and Brad are in this relationship and Brad does this and Lisa reacts this way and explains why their attachment styles like interact and that's a Mm -hmm. whole component that we haven't even touched on in this podcast is them interacting with one another because you might like, those roller coaster relationships where one person is, like, feels like they need all the reassurance of that their partner's so distant and things, you know, people who have anxious and avoidant relationships, it's, like, a constant cycle of, like, one person trying to get closer, the other person pulling away, the other person wondering why they don't love them because they're pulling away. Like, it's very, very tumultuous mm-hmm. and, you know, oftentimes might lead to unhealthy relationships and everything um, if you just don't understand that or if you fall into those patterns. And I think, like, I don't know in the book i think they say that you know if you're anxious you should be with a secure person and if you're avoidant you should be with a secure person but like you probably shouldn't be with the other um but
0: i don't believe that 50 percent of people are secure i think most people yeah, like date. <laughs> i think you've got a, a ton of avoidant and anxious and fearful people out there and who are just trying to live normal lives and don't mm-hmm. understand why they can't process certain things Um, I would love to share some of the things from our listeners, um, as we're getting towards the end of this episode on our Instagram story, we asked, uh, what are your quick thoughts on attachment styles? Um, This first person said, learning my attachment style really made me understand what I needed from my partner. Amen. So yeah, that's the thing too. It's like, you're not just crazy
1: for having needs, you know? Right. Like there's, everyone has needs and it's a matter of like not just pushing them aside, but actually addressing them and like communicating them with your partner too and theirs. Like understand one another and how you can have a successful and healthy relationship. This one says, reading this book actually helps me to drop a toxic relationship and then I met my spouse.
0: Wow, so that's, that's awesome. Powerful.
1: Yeah, because then you can understand like, this person and I are not, you know, healthy for one another. This is not meeting my attachment needs. And like, you deserve to seek out someone.
0: Or, you know, she realized you know, this person yeah. she chose was maybe due to her trauma or to her attachment yeah. style and not because you're actually compatible.
1: Right, right. Like, you know, everyone has those friends where they're like, why are they dating that person? Like, why did they like settle for that or whatever? And it's like, they probably are just very anxious and really need to like feel needed you know mm-hmm. and it's like it's just everyone's different obviously and so understanding that like give your friends some grace with you know what you might judge for their relationship
0: habits and things like they're going And again going it their goes back things. to comfort like you said doesn't yeah. mean it's always the like choosing what's comfortable can sometimes be at your own deprecation it's usually it's just that like you go for what's normal or what feels comfortable and that can sometimes be a Someone who's not good for you. Yeah, for sure. This one says attachment styles overlap with our levels of assertiveness and self esteem for women. I got assigned to read the Assertiveness Guide for Women by Julie Diazavido by my supervisor, and ten out of ten would recommend. Wow, that's crazy. I need to read that because that's interesting the... to
1: hear about like levels of assertiveness and self esteem. Oh my god, you. it
0: makes so much sense. Like. I have like when I first started my my office job and I had never had an office job before, I was absolutely terrified to speak up in meetings, like especially when we would have group meetings that were most of the people that work for my company are men, when mm-hmm. we would have like, you know, people around like men would be putting in their opinions and like I would have absolutely as much ability and validity to put something forward I would always do the whole like well I was just maybe thinking that I could um say that but this blah 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 but only if you think and we don't have to do it that's fine like that's how I would approach everything and like it's taken you should only- read
1: the assertiveness guide I
0: honestly think I should I didn't even know that was a book um I'll read that one more time it's called the assertiveness guide for women by Julie D. Azevedo
1: maybe we should make that our book club book <gasps> oh my god be good. wait yeah that's a great idea okay we'll look into it and keep you guys updated on that but I mean I guess I that kind makes sense to me but if I look at it on the flip side if you're like you know seeking anxious detachment thinking of it in the terms of like always seeking approval and like wanting to be needed and like validated in what you're saying I don't know if that necessarily makes sense on the flip side of avoidant like I'm not sure how avoidant style would explain your assertiveness because I feel like I also experience that sort of like intimidation of like not wanting to sound stupid and stuff in meetings as a female and like be taken seriously but I don't think like being avoidant makes me
0: opposite of that necessarily I think, I feel like the avoidant type would have more confidence because part of the avoidant type is like that independence that self-assuredness but a lack of trust in others I feel like you would have almost more of a confidence in your own like opinion. I should do this myself and yeah, I don't like, want to like, rely on you guys yeah I exactly. guess that's true I, I in I, I guess I don't think of it in terms of assertiveness but
1: in like my work that would be interesting too to like read about this in the workplace too not just relationships but in terms of my work like I do tend to work independently and like I can work with others I think I'm good with people but i like to rely on myself to like get the job done and like i don't like to be micromanaged and stuff so that Mm -hmm. does like that that plays out yeah this one says it's as important if not more important than your love languages you mentioned that um i definitely think it's it kind of like i feel like it makes sense in the same way of love languages like having to do with what you're programmed to understand love as whereas like Attachment and style is what you're programmed to understand attachment as, so they kind of go hand in hand. And I'd be interested to see like if love languages do correlate at all, because you know it's I guess it's different, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do think it's yeah. honestly more important to understand because like that could be your own self sabotage is because of your self you know esteem in your attachment style. Yeah, and maybe getting past that, then you understand your love language for your partner. I do think it's like you have to get past one to get to the you know what i mean we also got a message from a listener on our instagram who said that she actually wrote her thesis on this i think it's yeah for grad school on attachment in infants so she wanted to like follow up i asked her about it i was like would you mind like sharing maybe the most important points that you found that could be useful or something um so she said sure and she sent us an email with some info on attachment that she studied so i think this will be really interesting and um definitely brought up some different parts of it that I didn't realize so a little bit more of like the scientific background and I think she says she's a therapist now yeah i'll just read the whole thing so hey guys i messaged you on instagram about doing my thesis for grad school on attachment in infants and i wanted to send along the most interesting and surprising facts about attachment that i found i love talking about this topic and as a therapist i witness how much a person's attachment i witness how much a person's attachment style really impacts their life every single day There are the bullet points that definitely surprised me as I was doing my research. The first one says, attachment is formed by the time an infant turns 20 months. So that's really young. That's crazy. Throughout their childhood, right? Um, The most important ages for attachment are 2 to 3 months, 7 to 9 months, and 18 to 20 months. That's from the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry. Psychiatry. Um, Yeah, wow. That's so young. So that's why it's so interesting to me because it's like, what's the most... That's it, says like attachment is formed there, like end of story.
0: So I think that could mean, though, is that that's when it, it like is originally formed, but that doesn't mean that like further things in your change. life can't influence it or change yeah. it. Um, but that's when it begins. Yeah.
1: It's just crazy that it's that young, though, mm-hmm. and like so dependent on your mother, honestly, and like father, too, but mostly mother, because when you're that young, it's like very much like focused on your mother relationship. So mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um the second point says most people know the main three attachment styles secure, avoidant, and anxious, but there's actually a fourth. It's called the disorganized attachment side note. This is what we discussed earlier as the what was it characterized as again? I
0: think um, it was disorganized. Fearful, atta- fearful avoidant. Avoid yeah. That's- yes.
1: Okay. Um she says one of the factors most often associated with disorganized attachment style is postpartum depression in the mother or abuse and neglect of a child in infancy. People with disorganized attachment often display aggressive, oppositional, and disruptive behavior from two to nine years of age. Later in life, these people are at a higher likelihood to display symptoms of PTSD and borderline personality disorder. So that's, uh, it definitely gives like a better picture of like why that fourth kind mm-hmm. of category exists. And I think that does have to do with like a more turbulent, like experience with attachment at the very beginning of your life.
0: So Yeah. And that's from the Journal of Reproductive and Infant Psychology. Yes. The next thing she says is aberrant environmental conditions such as abuse, poverty, and drug use in the home seem to impair the development of attachment more than physical or neurological child abnormalities do. A meta-analysis performed in over 1,600 infants and their mothers found that intrinsic infant challenges such as deafness or Down syndrome played less of a role in developing attachment than the mother's problems such as mental health disorders from the journal of child psychology and psychiatry she said i thought this was absolutely wild and proves that the mother's mental health directly impacts their infant this is why screening for postpartum and um, perinatal mental health disorders is so important wow that is crazy dude this literally brings up so much especially with like like single mothers or mothers in poverty or forced birth you know things like that that break like these issues that are like oh well the baby will be fine it's like if the mother is not well it has no support like the baby will not
1: be fine system, right for the child that is very crazy yeah i didn't know i mean obviously i didn't know much about this but like especially the nitty-gritty of the scientific like sweet spots of where this really develops it's, it's, again, like, reinforces what we were saying earlier. Like, it doesn't happen in a vacuum, and it's very, very specific, this window of when you as a person, like, develop this attachment system. Right. So, crazy.
0: The next point says... There's a lot of emphasis put on attachment in relationships, but there's also evidence that suggests different attachment styles present differently in the workplace. For example, folks who have avoidant attachment are less likely to trust their leadership at work and distance themselves from them, which negatively impacts their work. Folks who have anxious attachment are hypersensitive to feedback from leaders and over-rely on affirmation from them folks with secure attachment are the most likely to trust their leadership and see their actions as benevolent. And that's from the journal of organizational behavior. And I feel like that's also what we just touched on with the workplace stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like we, you were saying that you, you're more like, I want to work on my own. I don't really want to rely on other people to do stuff. And me, I'm like, oh, I'm so sensitive to what people might think of me, or like, I'm scared to give my own opinions. And i always want all this like good feedback, like that's validation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, that is very interesting. I feel like we could do a whole episode on like attachment in a workplace too, like oh how gosh. it plays out with different dynamics, especially like after that episode talking about quitting your job and talking about toxic workplaces. And like, you know, it's really just like working with other people sometimes can make or break your role if your boss and you just do not jive. And it's like if you have different attachments that are affecting your like needs and work styles in a workplace like that could actually have you know more ramifications for your ability to do effective work so i don't know i just think that's so interesting so thank you so so much for writing that into us um that would just be really interesting to hear more from her because i feel like i could talk about this all day but um she also christy
0: recommended the book attached which you read i did yes can i read this dm that a girl sent us um she said I just took an attachment-style quiz, and man, it opened up some things. Like, I really do need therapy. I think attachment is a learned behavior. The quiz I took, I don't know what others looked like, but it was mainly about your relationship with your parents and how previous relationships went. I don't have a relationship with my dad, and I have seen my mistrust of him directly block my ability to be vulnerable to new people, including new friends and any past relationship I have had. Well, there you go. Thank you for sharing. I know that's very vulnerable and hard to do, but I think that, you know. Maybe she took the same quiz as you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. This one says, I think learning your attachment styles in a relationship is super helpful to be able to understand behaviors and patterns that happen. It's also important to not use them as an excuse or to chalk everything up to them. Being an anxious avoidant attachment style doesn't give you license to forever let things go if they've made you upset. There's so, so much value in learning your style, learning about the typical weaknesses associated with it and then working on it. Amen. That's so true.
0: It can, it has to be from a learning point, but it can't be an excuse. Like Mm -hmm. your past is not an excuse to be rude to people, or it's not an excuse to not like open up to people. or It's not an excuse to push people away. It's an understanding and it's an understanding to like start doing that work. But like it doesn't just, like, excuse, like, being a, a bad partner or a bad friend,
1: you right? No, Definitely. Um. Anyway, so those are just a few of the thoughts that you guys submitted on the topic. Thank you so much. If you did, I think we've had quite the discussion. This is definitely, like, just scratching the surface, like, an introduction to it. And, again, we didn't want to, like, delve too much into our, you know, personal backstory that wouldn't be beneficial for you guys. Um, but just in a sense, like, understanding where ours come from and how we can... You know, better address them in the future. Like, I definitely think it's something that I want to work on and like make a conscious effort. And it is really hard because it is your human nature or your self nature to like revert back into those. You know, this is a weakness. This is not what's good for me, or this means this when it really doesn't. So, I right. think um, hopefully this was really interesting for you guys to listen to ours. I know we didn't really talk about secure attachment that much, but um, I feel like it speaks for itself. It's just people that you know can be emotionally available and there for you, but aren't overly like
0: reactive i guess i don't know yeah they're not afraid to set boundaries but they're also open they let people in they you know you know share with others they're comfortable they're safe they don't worry people are going to drop them at a hat you know drop them like yes exactly they don't don't
1: worry about like losing them or they don't think that having a relationship is like infringing on their independence they're like
0: right in the middle so yeah so um it is really interesting christy that you brought up that thought for me about the difference between friendships and um Relationships, relationships, Relationships. yeah,
1: romantically, for sure.
0: Yeah, very
1: interesting. Much to think about. Gives me
0: a lot to think about. (laughs) Yeah, this is probably, this is a lot for us recording before noon for Sierra. It's I like know. 8 a.m. For... Literally, we started this at 8 a.m. It's like my theater classes where it's like 8 a.m. Like open up your trauma now and cry yeah, exactly. in front of the class exactly. in the sake of theater. Now it's just like doing that all over again. But this time with a healthy emotional understanding of myself and not doing it for a degree. So there. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And on that and for that, we thank you. Thank um, you very much for listening.
1: And we do want to delve into this more in the future, hopefully with a guest who can speak on it more from an expert perspective. Um, but for the time being hopefully this is a good introduction for you guys and we will try and link a couple quizzes or resources in the description of the podcast if you'd like to read more about it and get into it more i'll put the name of the book and everything down there too but until then subscribe to the podcast follow us on instagram at fingers crossed pod and then when we do more polls about this
0: in the future or other podcast episodes then you can be involved so We love you you guys so much. This has been, I I know we said we're like, oh, we're gonna keep it really light, scratch the surface. And I feel like we still got really like deep into it anyway. But we were
1: worried about this episode, you guys, because again, like it is a really heavy topic and we don't want to approach it
0: in the wrong way. Right. Um, Because we don't want you guys to think that we're speaking plainly or that we're experts because we are not mental health experts. We just have a passion for these things and we really care about talking about them. And you know, it's also hard for both of us because like like, build a bridge, yeah. Yeah, and but it's also hard for us because like I don't necessarily like I want to be open, but I don't necessarily like want to share all my every deep dark personal gut yeah on it sure. to the internet because you know there are limits that, about healthy boundaries as we just said so and we all know. certainly know that i don't want to do that either so <laughs> but we are working on it, and i i think christy i you were great today i really appreciated it oh thank you very much i
1: really tried anyway we love you guys so much and we will be here next tuesday and every tuesday after that so until hit we button, die hopefully well I don't know, actually, 80-year-old me. I don't know what I would have left to say. But. Yeah, we'll see. We're, okay. we're,
0: we're, we're kicking for a while longer. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. And don't forget to keep your fingers crossed. Bye. Amen, system.